Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hail cheaters. Welcome to a very special, slightly shorter version of the Always Cheating Podcast. I'd say more than slightly shorter. I'd say this is a, a much shorter version of the Always Cheating Podcast. Brandon, it's a little travelogue check-in for you. It's Sunday evening here in the UK. Uh, we just got back from the train from the Chelsea Man City match. Uh, easily the best match I've ever seen in person. Uh, I would say possibly just the best game, like, you know, including baseball and basketball, and everything else, just a great, a great game. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Great, Josh. Yeah. Coming off of that high at Stanford Bridge and uh, attributing to that high was our friend James, who was serving hospitality. Um, And uh, we couldn't have done it without you, James. We'll host you at an MLS match sometime soon. So, yeah, the uh, it was all timed kind of perfectly that we ended the trip with. Chelsea Man City. Yesterday, we went to Selhurst Park to see Crystal Palace host Everton. An equally competitive match, uh, a little sour for the home team, uh, and just kind of a different spectacle. When we were watching Palace Everton, Josh and I, you were we were saying, there's no doubt that the match we're going to see tomorrow, there's going to be a little bit more uh, skill on show. And, and I guess that's a testament to uh, just the team sheets that you put out. There were Eze may be the best player that we saw yeah. this weekend. All, all things considered, and then the literal pyrotechnics at London Stadium on Thursday night. I don't know which was hotter: the fire that they shot off in the uh, lead up to kickoff at London Stadium, or the fruity language that we heard from the people in the stands. Um, what, what's hotter for you, the language or the fire? I, I think it's got to be the language, Brandon. Uh, I'll never get the guy yelling at the lino. Like, the match was over, and uh, I, I think this guy was like, I didn't quite get my my screams in during the match itself. And so uh, he, he got out of a system, and I'm glad that he was able to do that. I feel like the world was better for him getting out of his system at the end of that match. So we, yeah, so we saw three matches in four days. We also had a meetup on Friday evening, and uh, I, I don't really want to shout out every single person that we met at the meetup because I'm worried that if I do that, we'll, we'll, well, A, it's just boring uh, to like, <laughs> to like list 45 people, but also I don't want to leave anybody out. So, uh, you know, special shout out, especially to um, all the various uh, producer patrons that showed up there, right? Uh, Bob Fox and Jeff Turner and, um, there were a couple of Francis Moore. Francis Moore um, yeah, as well as um, who's our American friend, uh, Blair, Blair Jacobson as well. So uh, a lot of a lot of producers showed up as well. And uh, uh, Mark um, and Az showed up and Tom and Nima, just a lot of people that um, that are sort of uh, stalwarts in the fantasy community. It was very cool to see them and as well as meet a lot of people who uh, are friends from Leeds came down. That was very exciting. Uh, and. Yeah. 
Yep. And uh, we just had, we had a very good time just sort of chatting with everybody. And uh, uh, I'm glad that we put out the call once again that said, if you don't know a single person, you should still come out to this meetup because that ended up happening. We had a lot of people who were just sort of anxiously walking in the door, like, what am I walking into right now? And um, I think that it seemed, from my perspective anyway, like those people were all made to feel very welcome. And so it was a really, really fun meetup. And I, this trip in general has just been a real sort of 10 out of 10 trip for us. Uh, the, the flight was cheerful. It was an upbeat flight. Uh, it's kind of contrasting it with the flight that you and I took to Vegas last year where it was that was a grim slog, that flight. And uh, this one was, even though this one left even later than the Vegas flight, I felt like everyone was in a great mood heading off to London. <laughs> and so I uh, went from there and, oh, we did the FPL TV show as well. That was a really fun experience. So thanks to Ian for, uh, for being a great host, making us look... Um, not especially dumb. I was very happy about that. Uh, you and I both have our like cringe moments from that show. Yeah, there are some cringe moments that we put live on broadcast. Yeah, but Ian Irving did, did his best to iron those out. And I have to thank Tom Fitzgerald, who set us up with the show, an amazing producer. He's got a great team over there. But yeah, you kick things off when Ian tossed it to you. You, you, explained how you would be scouting players live in person using a quote pirates monocle and then you you proceeded to mime what a little telescope might look like and ian kind of gave you this look of like i don't know what you're talking about let's move on and then i i did what i have basically doing been doing for the last six months or so is calling cole palmer ollie ollie palmer uh because welcome to Wrexham is just kind of embedded in my brain now to my credit ollie Palmer also scored this weekend, but I'm continuing my streak, Josh. Uh, this is uh, two two of our last three trips to the UK. I'm now actually witnessing fantasy returns live mm -hmm. in person. That's true. When Nico Jackson scored that third goal for Chelsea, I thought Cole Palmer scored it, and I leaped out of my seat, and I, I started screaming with all of the other surrounding Chelsea fans, and then I realized it was Nico Jackson, and I thought, well, at least this helps my cover as a Fulham supporter in the Chelsea stand. And my, my punt on the match as well, they, uh, they went around with bet sheets as we were waiting for the match to start, and you and I, actually, I thought, I, I put down all these bets, and then you were like, oh, I'm just going to... I'm just going to root for your bets. <laughs> I was like, wait, I thought we were both going out of this together. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, sometimes you're cheaper than me, and other times I'm cheaper than you. And when it comes to sports gambling, it, it, it's it's my turn to be, be cheap. Yeah, we had a lot of interesting sort of encounters with, you know, if you do the hospitality route, that's the easiest, which is one of the reasons why we do hospitality. It's a very straightforward way to just buy tickets to a match day online without having to join the club or whatever. Fully engaged with and a fan of just how tribalistic the football association is and that's kind of what makes the spectacle what it is but we know the ground rules josh like we can't just show up and uh and and fly our fantasy colors in a home stand or even in a way stand you, you've got to be respectful we saw uh, this with the everton supporter on saturday right right so in front of us at the palace match was uh, a group of five guys and a couple of them seemed to be out and out palace fans but one of them who was on crutches with a broken leg uh when he got to his seat pulled out his everton cap and was wearing it in full sight of the like non-executive box Crystal Palace fans, and they all kind of gave him a side eye. When he then stood up to celebrate 
uh, I think it was the Decore goal, the second goal that went in. Uh, one of the Palace fans came over and had some very choice words for him. He gave him the eye. Exactly. <laughs> and then when Palace uh, scored the equalizer, that same Palace fan really got in these guys' faces, and it was a whole situation. I do put most of the blame on the friends who brought their guy with one leg to this match, and they probably could have just given him a clue of, like, just don't wear your Everton hat, and also don't stand up and wildly cheer yeah. the Everton <laughs> They were in the complete polar opposite of the uh, of the supporter, the, the, the visiting supporter section. So I feel like, yeah, so fantasy-wise, it was, we had a good fantasy experience. We uh, were both on green arrows. You did even better than me. I benched Samikas, and uh, it looked like it was going to be okay because Brentford got chance after chance after chance, but in the end, uh, they kept a clean sheet and he got two assists. So I benched a 15-pointer for Van Heck, who, of course, I mean, Brighton cannot keep a clean sheet to anybody. And also, I know they're they're down a few players, but a 1-1 draw at home to Sheffield is a terrible result. I feel like we're really not getting the the full Deserby ball that we were getting early on in the season. So I feel like, though, Brandon, um, we can talk fantasy. This is an international break. It just kicked off. We can talk fantasy. We can talk about Game Week 13 on our Sunday pod next week. But I thought we could just quickly do a little travel log here. So let's, let's, you know, we'll just go in order of our trip. Okay. So, uh, we get in, uh, Thursday, we go to the London stadium, which is, uh, an interesting experience because we, we just bought those tickets for people asking. Sometimes you have to do the hospitality. Sometimes you have a friend who can get you tickets. We've kind of done it every way. And then for Europa league matches, we were joking that they were just going to wait until we got there mm-hmm. for the match to start. They were just, you know, they're very happy to sell me tickets right from the website, but we ended up getting there. And it was a Pack Stadium. We kept up our um, footy scran, terrible food. We had this, it was like uncooked bacon on top of the, I, you know, I knew I shouldn't have got a head on a hat, right? I should not get a, a bacon cheeseburger there. Just get a simple one patty cheeseburger. Uh, I went, I went deluxe and it was a, uh, it was pretty gross, but they did have gin and tonic on tap, so I enjoyed that. So pre-match, enjoyed it. Crowd was good. Stadium was completely full when we got there. Don't so I you know I like the London Stadium. I feel like don't love the track. I don't think anybody does, right? And I know that uh, even West Ham Sports still kind of miss the old, miss Upton Park. But I think um, I, the stadium itself I thought was quite nice, and the area around it was nice. I mean, we got there in the evening, so we didn't get really get a chance to to walk around with it too much. But I, it seemed like a nice place to go see a match. Yeah, uh, padded seating, which is nice for my my little butt cheeks. And what I what I also enjoyed was as we walked to our seats, uh, like fifteen minutes before kickoff, there was a DJ who was just doing DJ stuff, and he was up on the big screen. It felt like I was walking like Fat Boy Slim. I think I don't know if is Fat Boy Slim is like a Brighton uh, supporter. I don't know if that tracks. Uh, Were they playing that right here, right now song? Isn't that isn't that Fat Boy Slim? Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe. Well, you know. Um, my my idea with the DJ was the goal that uh, that decided that match that Paqueta scored went into a long drawn out minutes long VAR review and I thought this was the perfect opportunity for them to bring the DJ back out and this could make VAR like so much more palatable for the fans in the stadium and we'd, we'd already witnessed this with Arsenal West Ham back in uh, winter 2020 we we sat through a long drawn out Lacazette VAR review and it is true what they say 
when you're watching at home on TV, at least you're seeing replays and you have an understanding of what they're looking at. At this West Ham match, the Paquetta goal went in and we were just like, now we have no idea what's yeah. going on for the next few minutes. Yeah, it's it's like seen in person. I, I mean, we, have, we had a few VAR reviews over the over the time. Our, our, every match we went to had some VAR. And, and, and it's it, there's just something kind of, and I don't want to get into this too much, but because in general, the magic experience was great, great for all three. But uh, something like kind of paternalistic about it, right? Like, oh, the fans can't handle being shown what, what's on these highlights. Like they're gonna like people are gonna riot and run into the, you know, field or something like that. But just sitting there watching these VR reviews, it's just it's you know, it's really not a not a great experience. I mean at the very least they could show highlights from goals or moments earlier in the match or something. But yeah. instead you just sit there and just says VAR checking and and you know people you can't drink in, in stadiums here. So you're just sitting there just literally just st- staring straight ahead at nothing for you know three or four minutes is the craziest experience but the uh, that that Europa League match was a great preview of what was to come from West Ham this weekend we saw Ward, Ward Prowse have an assist on that Paquette goal and Andy Sanaldo on the FPL show was actually giving me stick for having JWP in my fantasy squad so he said, uh, he said he's a he's a good player and I like him a lot but I wouldn't have him <laughs> So, uh, Andy, I hope you're listening right now. It's amazing uh, sharing the F- fantasy show screen with you, but uh, this one's on you, buddy. I'm, I'm happy with my 11 points. Uh, <laughs> will I ever get them again? Uh, I frankly don't know. But weirdly, my big takeaway from that match was Agard in uh, the center back position <laughs> had a great game. But our seats there were... Um, quite nice because we were in the uh, ninth row, even though you had the track between you and the pitch, I thought we had a good bird's eye view of just the incredible touch that so many of these players have, especially when they're working the ball through the midfield. Any other players stand out to you? Yeah. I mean, Jared Bowen, I thought was maybe the best, uh, I, I think I agree. I mean, Edgar was great. Uh, Paquetta had some nice moments, but I think Bowen, just the way he was, he, you know, he was kind of doing, you know, he's playing somewhat out of position in the forward role, right? And uh, as the lone forward anyway. And, uh, but he was just harassing the keeper at all, all the time. He was sort of, you know, on the, on the, on the last defender, just his quality was really evident. And it's one of the reasons why it's really fun to, to go see matches in person because you just like, you get a sense of the physicality. You get a sense of how hard it is to, you know, pass out of a trap, right? Like, just like if you're surrounded by a couple of defenders, um, when you kind of are like at the angle of the players a little more, you're like, how does anybody ever score? How does anybody ever pass and like complete a pass? Like it all seems so much harder in person. And I think that's, it's, it's, there's something about the like 10,000 foot remove of watching everything on TV where you just don't get a sense always of the difficulty of it. Right. And it's just like, I think the, the longer, you know, it'd been almost three and a half years. And so I think I, I really got kind of reinvigorated watching it in person and like, right, this is really hard. This is really hard to do all this stuff. And so sort of gives you a perspective sometimes when you're at home and you're like, ah, what, this is a crap match. These players are all crap. You know, nobody. And so, so the West Ham match was, um, I guess it was, it was, you know, it was the worst match of the three, but it was still, it was still fun just to go to the London stadium and get back. Shout out to the Olympiacos fans, which were, they were yeah. going nuts the uh, entire time. So even with the fruity language from the West Ham fans, they kind of needed to do that to compete with how crazy the Olympiacos fans were. Um, okay, so then that moves us on to the Crystal Palace-Everton match. You want to give your initial... You, you, had, you, had, you had feelings about uh, the ground itself and that. Well, I was really... I mean, Selhurst Park was awesome. I think it didn't... I guess because we'd gone... Um, you know, I think the area around the London Stadium is a little more built up, so you have a little more... It's, it's a very different kind of experience walking to Selhurst Park. It's sort of... 
you just don't really get, yeah, you don't get this in America, right? You don't get like, you're sort of walking down a row of houses and suddenly there's a giant stadium just like around the corner. And so uh, we did have a fun experience where we walked up and we had, we had bought these hospitality tickets for the 2010 club or whatever. And uh, there's a bunch not of not Speronis, sadly. Although I think we made the right decision in the end. Um, and uh, but there was a couple of guards there, and I was like, "Oh, because uh, we're you know we're there a couple hours." Later. I was like, "Oh, where's the uh, 2010 club at?" And he goes, "Club's closed, mate." <laughs> and he was just like, he "Just he said it with full confidence." Point where I started leaking confidence myself. I was like, "I'm pretty sure we can. I'm pretty sure we can go get in here." And then, I'm used to hanging out with you, where you once you make up your mind, you won't stop. You're like a dog with a bone. Like I remember trying to get into some bar in New York City with you like 15 years ago, and you didn't have ID, and you just had this look of like, "I don't care what this doorman says, I'm getting in." So it was weird to see you with these with these um, uh, these these guys, these information officers by Selhurst Park, and you were just like, "Wow." We did <laughs> well, <laughs> obviously because we had the tickets, but I I. I don't think they get too many questions from uh, some uh, Americans in barber jackets looking for the yeah. 2010 club. Every time we told anyone we had hospitality, I was always, I was trying to mutter, we have a hospitality. Uh, it's a <laughs> um, but that match, of course, uh, within a minute thereabouts was a goal from Mikolenko. And so my gay, he, uh, clean sheet that I was all excited to sort of sweat for 90 minutes live in person, uh, that was taken away from me. But what was abundantly clear, uh, at the same time was Abrizio as a back in the starting 11 for palace. He was just so good, like streets beyond any other player on the pitch, certainly for the first half. And then I think, Josh, we saw him sort of be a little too excited to be back in the squad and was putting in some rash challenges. And there was a moment there where we're like, they might need to take Eze off because he'll get a second yellow here. Yeah, yeah, trying to trying to make up for lost time a little bit. I thought that was a fun match, though. It was an interesting experience. I mean, obviously, uh, I thought the Palace supporters handled the loss well. You know, it was a real back and forth game, and uh, looked like it was going to draw, and then ultimately um, Everton pulled it out. I thought the Everton supporters were really impressive. It was a really vocal group of, of supporters, and um, I think you know, yeah, as far as like you know, takeaways, I think you know, hospitality. If anyone's curious, I think it was it was the. The second half was better than the whole reason to do it in some ways. And you and I were talking about this uh, coming back from the Chelsea match today. One of the reasons to do it is it just takes a lot of decisions out of your hands, right? Where are we going to go watch the games before the match? Where, where are we going to eat? Where are we going to go afterwards? How are we going to avoid the lines, right? And so you sort of do all that and you it kind of almost pays for itself because you end up getting all these meals and drinks and stuff you pay for. You know, if you're in, I mean, it maybe just depends on how much you drink. You and I were both, uh, in the mood to really go for it. So we're, we're drinking, we're drinking, yeah, sorry, we're drinking Eagle Estates wine right now as we record this pot. <laughs> they gave us, by the end, it was like, I don't know why we, we, we morphed into like their favorite customers and they just kept bringing stuff to us. Uh, it was, so it was very nice. We ended on a real high note with the, uh, with the palace hospitality. There was a woman in the 2010 club at the end who gave us the two bottles of uh, Eagle Rosé and she came over with another bottle of wine and she kept, she was filling up our wine glasses like all the way to the top like it was a pint glass in this like yeah. we couldn't tell if she was being gracious or or threatening well, she said yeah she said i don't know what i'm gonna do with this bottle if i don't uh <laughs> so we can't spend this whole time talking about hospitality but i will say um uh, Decore got his uh, usual sort of like garbage goal sweeping up uh, whatever is in the the box. We we were we were kind of ribbing on Decore earlier in the match, being like, "Well, 
How is Everton's system working without a, a you know kind of a more traditional number ten? That Decore is like a total workhorse, and he'll run and run and run, and he's 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 a de- he's a very very good finisher. But where's the creativity? And Everton just had had it in him that day. And I, I don't know, would you would you fault Crystal Palace at all in that loss? Because I think it might be the first home loss that we've seen in our travels. Yeah, is it the first home loss that we've seen? That's interesting. Yeah, it might, it might be. I, I don't think you can fault them. It was sort of, um, it felt like they were on top, really. I mean, it felt like Everton basically successfully pulled off a counterattacking strategy. I think maybe all three other goals were, well, the first goal they scored was they just blitzed Palace and scored, you know, kind of instantly, as you as you mentioned. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I tactically, I... I thought they were. I thought they were ahead, really, in that match. But you know, credit to credit to Everton. They really. They, it was. You know, it's a great world win. They really completely turned around under Deitch. I mean, I sort of. You know, if we can bring this back briefly, at least to fantasy, um, I still have this idea in my head that you want to sort of have defenders when they play Everton. You want to sort of maybe those are more captainable fixtures, all that stuff. And I just they they are definitely more of a menace than they were at the start of the season. I think this is one of the things you really got to do in fantasy is keep shifting your your point of view, right? I think Forrest is another club like this where when you watch Forrest play, you've got to, like, they are, they're pretty good, right? Like, Forrest can play, they can score, and, you know, we were watching the West Ham matches. We got the real, um, the English experience, the oft-complained-about-English TV experience where there were four great matches on this morning, and actually, in the end, I mean, West, West Ham Forrest actually was a good match, but um, but fantasy-wise, it was kind of the only one that didn't really, really matter, right? I mean, you did have uh, James Ward-Prowse. Yeah, I did. Thanks for bringing that up again. He scored 11 points. And I also had Thomas Suchek on my bench. So uh, a once proud West Ham is, is proud again in my fantasy team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Um, so that's that's Palace Everton, which 
uh, which which brings us to today. That we 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 actually did coordinate leaving Selhurst Park with enough time to get back to close to our Airbnb to watch the second half of Bournemouth Newcastle, and we were like, "Wow, this is great!" You know, it's yeah. still scoreless once we yeah. walked into the yeah. bar across from our the uh, the Bridge Tap here on Borough High Street, and. Like you put your you put your stuff down to go to the bathroom the moment you did that. Uh, um, what's his face? Solanke. Solanke yeah. scores, and it was it's sort of like you know that you know, that feeling of every time you're just like, all right, now I'm now I'm here to engage with my clean sheet and the uh-huh. clean. Sh- that's always the moment that. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, things that, as soon as you acknowledge their existence, they they disappear. Uh, yeah, it's like when you're having a fun time with your friends, and you're like, "This is a really fun time." It's like that's <laughs> someone's immediately gonna like leave or something. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't ever acknowledge thing when things are going well. Uh, that's a good rule of thumb. But I think um, yeah. So it brings us to Sunday. We uh, well, first of all, we went to Borough Market in the morning. We we made a decision to just kind of try a different neighborhood this trip, and uh, the London Bridge area, which is where Borough Market is is found, um, is absolutely amazing. And I I don't know why people don't talk even more about Borough Market as like one of the maybe people do, and I just don't realize it, but as one of like the places you must visit when you're here, because you and I have been there several times uh, on this trip already, and. And kind of every time we were there, we had great food and, and there's places to drink and eat. And so, um, yeah, if you're just visiting London sometime, this it's an absolute must visit. And of course, people who live here um, already know that. So we went to Borough Market in the morning. I had some awesome, uh, like, fresh pasta, this little pasta station. Uh, and we headed over to um, the Chelsea-Man City match, which was kind of immediately... Great, right? Again, good, good, good experience getting there. Uh, good club shop, two floors. L- loved the club shop. Almost too many options. I was overwhelmed by the number of options, but I did get my seven-year-old a uh, couple of items. I'm, I'm sort of toying with the idea of making them a Chelsea fan, and I could sort of double my uh, double my odds, right? You get a little Chelsea, a little Arsenal. Maybe we can get a title out of it. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe we can get a, a title, or, a title or a Champions League. We'll see. I'll take one. I'll take one or one or either one. Um, but I, I, I do like the. I mean. I Obviously, if you grow up, I think when you live in America, this is a little, little side tangent for one second here, Brandon. When you live in America, you are required to support the club that your parents support. That's, you know, you and I are both Michigan State fans. Uh, all the Detroit sports for me. I, even when I moved to, I've been in New York for like 18 years now, and I still refuse to root for any New York teams. Like I can kind of align with the Mets a little bit, right? But I'm still not a full on. And Yankees are just, it's unacceptable, right? I wouldn't even buy merch. Like I just, no way, never. Um, so, uh, but, I, so I, but I think when you're picking a Premier League club, because it's across the pond, it just... You're, I think you're, it's a little more acceptable to like give your kid a different club, right? And sort of <laughs> diversify a little bit. So uh, anyway, uh, so we, we go to the match and um, and just kind of immediately we were in the, the Clark um, area of the of the stadium. And we, the sight lines are incredible. Um, the pitch was beautiful. Everyone was so keyed up. It was just a, an incredible atmosphere. I mean, I, I just, you, you were saying it was like, it was like we were watching on, you know, obviously it was in person, but it had the the kind of like close, close up feel of watching a match on TV. Just something about the way the stadium is shaped and the, you know, just the way it's kind of set up. 
Yeah, I was I was referencing the sort of the the way the pitch was tilted from our seats uh, from that the the Clark Suite, and it was we had the closer view of the broadcast tilt, and it was perfect. And this is our second time being at Stamford Bridge, and for me, and Selhurst Park is renowned for uh, its home support and its enthusiasm and the noise that it generates. And we did experience that at Selhurst Park, and it was great. When, when we mentioned the homes, home fans were in good voice. But there's something about Stamford Bridge that it is the best stadium I think we've been to as far as generating noise. And Old Trafford for the Manchester Derby was pretty lit, too. That place was actually shaking when McTominay scored that second goal. Yes, uh, it's it's true. I still would rate Stanford Bridge highest uh, in terms of noise generation, and, and I, I would give some credit to the city fans for uh, singing throughout the match. And there was some good banter between the two sets of support, where uh, City would be singing, you know, we're champions of Europe, and then the Chelsea supporters would say, well, we have we've won it twice, so you know, who are you, and, and so on. Um, but the 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 vibes were, were just so good, and the way that the teams traded blows just lent to that. And I think the Chelsea support handled the rocking. I mean, the season that Chelsea has had this far, you think if they um, go up, you you are filled with hope, and then you start um, seeing City claw back that they would just lose faith. But you could feel the support at the bridge like never wavered. And the way Chelsea played, they, they deserved that level of support because they – just played so well the best we've seen Chelsea so far this season and I don't think that that was because Man City was off their game I mean for for God's sakes Man City scored four goals so it was just you you couldn't ask for a better match where it was uh, just two teams playing really well and 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 just trying to trade blows yeah, I think there's some, there's something special about that four four score line, right? It reminds me of the the famous Arsenal Newcastle four four from 2011 or whenever it was, and just you know four four just. It, that are, it just says classic, right? It sort of sc- screams classic. And uh, just the way it was back and forth, I, mean, I think no team was ever more than one goal ahead, right? It was, uh, you know, 1-0, 1-1, 2-1, 2-2, 3-2, 3-3, 4. You know, just the entire time, you it was it was completely back and forth, just exactly what you want uh, in a match. And I think, you know, as far as, you know, Player performance in Holland. It was great to see him in person. We saw, you know, he scored a brace. Um, got the, got the. I don't know. I felt like a dodgy pen, but I haven't watched all the replays. You know, in real life, it's it. You know, it looks a little different. Um, and uh, but yeah, I thought that Bernardo Silva was amazing. I was. I just kept going on about him because he's just like such a brilliant player to watch. And Raheem Sterling was the one that you and I were sort of bad mouthing him the first like twenty minutes of the game, <laughs> and then he and then he scored a goal. And he's just he's just such a he's like he does so many things so well, and then he does these other things that just drive you insane. And I think un- unfortunately, it's it's the stuff that drives you insane is just so obvious sometimes that it's kind of hard not to focus on it a little bit. But he obviously had a he had, he had a very strong match in the end, and um, I thought that you know, Palmer was good. Um, Alvarez was f- I mean like Alvarez and Foden were both. F- fine, I'd say. Um, they were, you know, but I, I, Doku, the kind of man of the hour, FPL wise, um, had a, had some, had a big chance actually. And then gets the yellow for diving, uh, gets taken off of the 59th minute, just classic fantasy. We're like the most bought player from a team just gets zero points that week. Um, I defensively, I, I thought Kyle Walker was, um, uh, I thought he, had some moments. It was fun to see him in person, you know, just because, like, he's so physical. He's, uh, he's much bigger in real life. I was really, like, taken by how 
like physically imposing he looks, you know, in person. And, uh, but ultimately he kind of was at fault for the Sterling goal. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I mean, ultimately I, the defense on both sides can't, can't really shine. Right. When, when you've conceded four on, on both sides, although G- James get an assist, that was nice. Yeah. certainly returns from a lot of defenders, Akanji, Tiago Silva, um, and so on. But yeah, there were the, there were weak moments from like the Diaz challenge on Broja. Uh, for the final pen that was given then Palmer scored was just the conditions I think were um, suitable to slide tackling. There was in, in the second half when the rain started, it was yeah. slide tackling everywhere. And I felt like uh, this is just old school uh, English football with like rain pouring down and everyone just slide tackling everywhere. There's something so beautiful about it. Just like evening match, final match of the game week, right? Going go to national break. It's like, this is it, right? This is it for two weeks. And just the, the pouring rain night match, really exciting. The crowd was into it. It's just about as good of a like sport match going experience as you can have, right? It was just such a great, I don't mean to go on about it, but it was just like, it was such a great match, such a great experience. We had it and you didn't, and you'll <laughs> yes, never, you, yeah. you'll never have it. Um, uh, but I wanted to also mention Connor Gallagher, who uh, he, he had two assists himself, but I think he, st- he stood out beyond Enzo and um, well, I'm going to blank on his name, the Ecuadorian, uh, Caicedo. Um, I don't know that they influenced the match as much as they would have liked, whereas Connor Gallagher, I think, played really well. So it, it, it's a performance that Chelsea supporters will take a lot of um, they'll take a lot of hope from. It's interesting how Chelsea against Spurs win 4-1, and the narrative is, well, Spurs supporters will weirdly be happy with that, and yeah. Chelsea didn't play very well. But then there is this match where it's a draw against the league champions, and Chelsea should be th- just really proud and excited about what's to come because maybe this means that things are finally starting to click. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Spurs lose two one uh, at Wolves. A really, I mean, a, a total, a, you know, draw would have been a totally acceptable return there. But I think to lose two one suddenly, like I think people are getting like a little more worried about Ainge Ball and whether it's just defensively solid enough. But I suppose they were down what like. A billion players. That was kind of like the narrative for this weekend, right? You had Spurs, Arsenal, Newcastle. Generally, I, this is like the worst. The third international break is like the worst one, right? I mean, like, like, like we're really getting into it now. So like we got to stop for two more weeks. But I think I, I, several clubs feel like they are just decimated at the moment. And uh, it's affecting fantasy as well, clearly. I mean, I, you know, does does Newcastle even lose that match to Bournemouth, right? If they, I mean, credit to Bournemouth, but, you know, just Newcastle was down. It was like a, they were like a championship squad yesterday, right? Right, in terms of how many players they were down. So, uh, and Arsenal too. I mean, they thankfully they pulled out the the 3-1 win. And you know, I think we're in a really fun spot as far as the, I, I've said this, I mean, I think I said this on a pod a while ago, but you should be paying attention to the table now, right? It's like, uh, like this is when it's fun to pay attention to the table. Like we, we all know that it's very likely that Man City is going to win the title this year, but we're 12 weeks in and Man City is one point ahead of Liverpool and Arsenal. You've got Spurs just a little further back as well. And so we have like a genuine proper title race and like, let's enjoy it now. One of these clubs will probably fall off. Hopefully Liverpool and Arsenal can, can hold on, you know, at least until, um, you know, late spring, but I, it does feel like I mean, Man City just conceded four goals. I just, I don't remember that being like part of the Man City. Like that just feels like a lot of goals for Man City to concede. And so it makes me wonder if maybe there is something about this team that isn't quite, 
I don't know, like maybe like quite as like solid, like through and through. I mean, Kyle Walker's getting older. I, 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 I don't know if that's a factor or not. I mean, he's actually played pretty well, I think, so far this season. But it's it doesn't feel like maybe they're just like I mean, maybe it's it's you know it's losing Kevin De Bruyne. Maybe they just don't control matches quite as well as they did um, in past seasons. So you know, it could be that when KDB's back in January, whatever it is, um, that changes things a little bit. I have a thought. Maybe it's because it's total and complete nonstop chaos in the league so far this season, uh, and which which is exciting uh, as you watch these matches. You really just don't know what to expect. But as a fantasy manager, it's absolutely um, dread-inducing because it's been very hard to get a, a toehold. I hope that the scores in Game Week 12, I think, give people... Um, some more positivity after the anemic game week 11 and we head into the international break. So yes, it was, it's been a great trip. If you want to check us out on the uh, fantasy show from Premier League Productions, we posted a link to our YouTube. We'll do it again on our, our Twitter post when we post this episode um, and find it elsewhere in our Twitter feed, etc. Give it a watch. Uh, I understand it's also available on, on Peacock, and we got a note from our friend Andy who was watching it all the way in Nigeria live as it happened. He sent us a great screenshot of you doing your pirate monocle uh, pantomime, which is, which is so fun. <laughs> So thanks again to the Premier League for having us on that. Um, just as we as we look ahead to the break, um, I don't think we really talked about the moves that we made this weekend. Josh, you rolled your transfer. I went for Martinelli. I moved Odegaard to Martinelli, which didn't that's, work. That's a that's a meetup induced, you know, crazy transfer. I yeah, I was definitely um, convinced by a few Arsenal fans, uh, but. You know, it seemed like there were up, uh, there was some upside there, and home Burnley, you've got to basically cast cast some uh, chips out on that fixture anytime you have the opportunity to do so. So I suddenly is Martinelli uh, a, a problem that I have to solve during the break? I'm not sure, um, but now that West Ham has a new lease on life, suddenly maybe I don't have to worry about them, and I can focus on on Martinelli. You rolled your transfer, Josh. How are you feeling about your team as we head into the break and based on what you saw this weekend? Well, it's, it's hard to get over benching Samikas, and uh, that was 13 points lost. It's probably the difference between... Uh, I don't know. I'm trying not to get too caught up in it. I, it cost me several hundred thousand spots, unfortunately. But, you know, if, if one player can make that much of a difference, that means I can still make up that kind of ground, right? So um, I, I'm still... I'm feeling okay. I mean, I, ultimately, I, I'm up about like 1.4 million uh, between international breaks from second to third. So I feel good about that uh, up maybe three, 400,000 spots uh, this game week. So, uh, you know, it's a, we move on as they say, and you and I are flying back to uh, New York tomorrow. So uh, this is it for us. This is goodbye. Uh, thank you to uh, everyone who came to the meetup on Friday. Again, I, I just don't want to start listing off every single person we met because I don't want to miss anybody, but thank you so much everyone who came. And, um, and yeah, and if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Um, and uh, thank you to all our Patreon supporters, especially the ones who were able to make it on Friday. Uh, and um, we'll be back on Sunday a week from now with our Game Week 13 preview. So hopefully we'll have some international break news, news on Martinelli, et cetera. Uh, and uh, that's it. Brandon, do you want to thank our producer patrons? 
Yeah, we're on the road, uh, but we do. Uh, we're contractually obligated to to thank these fine folks, uh, and we thank them. We will from Mike DePietro to Trigger, Trevor Ingerson and our buddy Chris Howell, Bob Coon, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazaros, Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson. Great to see you, Blair. Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner. Love the Silly Goose uh, jumper. Buffalo Wild Mings, Francis Moore. Uh, Francis Moore uh, was, I think, what what could I say about him? Chatting with him was um, was sobering and good. He was a smart guy. Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Vulgar, Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox. Bob Fox had some very nice things to say to us at the meetup. It was a genuine pleasure to meet you, Bob. Craig Jackson, Shalon F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Heath Cram, Thomas Tislob, Noan, Louise, Travis Grant, Linus Vennerstrom, Dan Parsons, James C., Matthew Skinner, Fred Jacobson, Brennan, Daniel Hart, Lolly, and Ben Coons. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your pods. We'll be back next week with a proper Game Week 12 preview and whatever information we pick up from matches happening this international break any last words josh yep just thanks again to everyone who showed up on friday really appreciate it and everyone was so nice it was just a really great opportunity to meet everybody and uh yeah i think uh we could have asked for a better better match experience um so congrats to west ham everton and chelsea slash man city does that feel like a win for man city they got a point out of it right so congrats to the supporters of all those clubs and uh, we'll be back next week with our gaming 13 preview pod thanks again bye